T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI. Swing and a line drive ripped down the right field. Line deep toward the pesky pole and gone. Into the first to second row of the right field seats. Home run for Verdugo. His 11th of the year and the Red Sox... Now have a 3 nothing lead. Now a 1-2 pitch. Check swing, and it is strike three, says the home plate umpire on a pitch in the dirt. Shane Livensbarger hesitated for a moment and then called out Rutschman on the check swing, and Barnes picks up the save. All right, welcome in to Red Sox Review. I'm Mark Dundere with you until midnight as we parlay this into WEI late night. Red Sox beat the Orioles 3-1 to tonight. It's their second straight win after a six-game losing streak. So the Sox back on track here as we wind down the season. Um, obviously, a season to be forgotten there, Joe. Um, but they get the win tonight. So um, impressive outing for Rich Hill tonight. Dominant. Really? Does it still blow your mind that he's doing this at 43 years old? Because it blows my mind every single time. Uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I wouldn't say, like, I'm not going to act like he's having this banner year. But he goes out there and, and gets a lot of swings and misses tonight, and he's, he's striking guys out. I mean, I didn't expect Rich Hill at this age when he's, you know, doing this. What, do you have 10 strikeouts? Nine strikeouts. Yeah, well, I, I didn't expect at this age to have so many strikeouts in a in a good outing, you know. I get, but hey, give him credit, and he had some breaking news tonight. Announced officially, he'll be back next year. Didn't know that. So, all right. Um, look, I'm just going to say this about the Red Sox. Chad Fitt had an article in the Globe today, and I agree with him for the most part. But just overall, I do not think I, I for forever when I think of the 2022 season will not be convinced that the lineup and that the roster was an adequate reflection of the record. I will not. I think that this team had better players than their 74-81 and 81 record and their 39-38 and 38 home record. Now, I'm not saying they were a 98-win team, but to be below 500 with this roster, with these guys... With some of the guys and the performances they had this year, 
in spots. I'm thinking of Trevor Story for a stretch. I'm thinking of Nick Pavetta for a stretch. I'm thinking of Michael Walker first. I mean, just different performances from guys that aren't the best players on the team. When you look at some of the best players on the team, when I look at Xander Bogarts and the down year, good year in terms of batting average, but down year overall. When I look at the second half for Rafi Devers, and I know he's probably dealing with some physical stuff, injury, whatever it is. This team, this roster, to me, was better than 74 and 81. To me. You will never convince me otherwise. There were other things probably going on. I don't know if it was a mentality, a culture thing. I don't know if it was, a, you know, Xander Bogarts was moping around. He sort of admitted as much a few weeks back or a month ago or whatever when he was talking about how lost or how mystifying the swing issues were this year and how difficult of a year it is. I mean, that type of energy from your best player can be contagious. He had that incident early in the year where he ran into, who was it, Verdugo in the outfield? That, that hurt him. That hindered him. His shoulder, whatever, was banged up. I will never buy in completely that the roster was as bad as a below 500 record. I won't. Now, there were obviously holes. There were issues. First base was an issue. But the I, think, roster... I think the question is, which roster, though? Are you talking about the one pre-deadline or the one that you see right now with adding Tommy Pham, Reese McGuire, and all those guys? That's fair, especially when you consider that McGuire's been good. Pham, you know, for the most part, helped added some value. I mean, I just think overall they weren't this bad. J.D. Martinez... He had a bad year. Like, you shouldn't have had that bad of a year. So I think that the roster needs an overhaul, needs upgrades. Okay? But I just don't want – all I'm saying is I don't want that to overshadow the fact that this team should have been better this year with the guys that were in that clubhouse. That's my take. Okay? That's my take on the roster this year and and the Red Sox this year. It was a disappointment on multiple levels. High in bloom, there were things he could have done better. But the roster this year was not a below, to me, wasn't a below 500 roster. You had guys, your best players did not perform well. Now, again, I'm not saying that would have taken you to the World Series, but that should have, those guys in that roster should have been able to get you over 500. Tough division, but there was no excuse to be as bad as you were in the American League East this year. None. And to finish behind the Orioles significantly behind the Orioles. And by the way, I don't know. This isn't good for baseball. And we'll see how the postseason is. I guess that's all that matters. If you have epic series and seven-game classics in the playoffs, that's the important thing. But the division races this year? I mean, what a joke. The only race, the only one, is the National League East. The Braves and the Mets are tied. Every uh, The next closest second-place team in the entire majors is seven and a half games back. That's the next closest race. The Brewers are seven and a half games back of the Cardinals. I'm not talking about the wild card, but the division races. What a disgrace. Padres 20 games back of the Dodgers. They're in the second place. 13 games back, the Phillies of the Mets and Braves, so we'll excuse that division. The Blue Jays, eight and a half games back of the Yankees. White Sox, 10 games back of the Guardians. And the Mariners, a cool 18 games back of the Astros. And they're 13 games over 500. I mean, credit to where credit's due. The Astros have won 102 games 
feel like they've kind of gone under the radar. Maybe I'm not paying attention enough to Houston. We've heard so much about the Mets and the Trumpets and friggin', you know, the Yankees this year and their start. But the Astros, once again, finding a way. Um, but I just, it's amazing that there's no division races outside of the AL East. Nothing, not even close. So. I still think there are a lot of good teams out there. It's just they they are. all have different stretches of, no, there are. of play. Like I said, the Mariners are 13 games over 500. You know, the Blue Jays, the Rays, and the and the Orioles are all over 500. Not all going to make the playoffs. Phillies, 13 games over 500, 13 games back. Brewers, 10 games. So, listen, I look at all these other teams. I mean, the Padres lost their best guy. You know, like they, there was no reason the Red Sox should have been this bad this year. That's the theme that I take away from this season and from this team, and I just don't want it confused with an absolute debacle and complete um, dropping of the ball from the front office. There were issues there. I've been saying it all year. There were issues there, no question. They put too much faith in Chris Sale. You know, as good as Rich Hill was, I think, you know, he kind of alluded it, alluded to it tonight in his interview with Joe and Sean. I thought it was interesting. Okay? Not that it's, I don't know if we expect him back or whatever, but he did say, you know, he did use the word contender when referencing next year. And that is the role Rich Hill needs to have. He needs to be a depth piece for a contending team. Well, remember what he said a couple of weeks ago, saying like he wanted to do the Roger Clemens kind of thing, where he plays like the second half and of the year. He, and that's why like, they that's asked him another about factor. It. Yeah, they asked him about that tonight. I don't think that's a bad. I mean, if he thinks he could still produce, if a team thinks he could still produce, fine. Um, if he can pitch close to what he did tonight, that'd be huge for whoever could possibly pick him up. Certainly would. Um, I'm not convinced of that. I don't necessarily. I didn't love the move this year because I felt like this team, based on where they were. They weren't a rich hill away. I would have been try- I would have been more interested in a guy, a younger guy that they could see, hey, is this guy going to be a part of our future? Um but he pitched well tonight. Do you think he is part of the future though? Rich Hill? Like would you expect would you see him on the 2023 Sox roster? I hope not. No. I have a lot of respect for Rich Hill and I salute him for doing it this long. But I just think they need an injection of youth an injection of edge. I think they just need some more guys. I mean, look, they've already got one big lefty that has, like, frustrated me. Respect to Rich Hill, but I think he should go to a team that is a bona fide contender and play out his career that way, whether he takes a half a year off or whatever it is. I just don't think I want him as part. Like, all those guys, like the Jackie Bradley Jr., those types of signings. This team, that did not add up for this team. And going into next year... This team needs veteran stars, if anything. I need stars to come in. I need High and Bloom to understand that this is the Red Sox and that they're one of the biggest teams with the biggest payroll, with the deepest pockets, and you can have a little fun and go get big-name players to come here. That's what has to happen this offseason, especially in the outfield. I'd like a big bat in the outfield to come here. You know, let's see if they re-sign some of these guys. Um, you know, if Xander Bogarts moves on, obviously there's going to be some backlash there. I don't know what High and Bloom's thinking in terms of um, the type of criticism he'll get if something like that happens. I hope he's making baseball decisions. I trust he's making baseball decisions. 
But they need to go out and get a playmaking guy in the outfield that can impact the lineup and be a guy that produces next year. Ultimately, what they need is their big bats to produce. Whether that's the guys they have this year, Bogarts, Devers, and whoever approximates whatever J.D. Martinez is supposed to do. I don't expect that to be J.D. Martinez next year or whatever, but whoever that replacement is, I need a, I need a good year from that guy. You're kind of describing what the Sox had a year ago, basically, in Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Like, I need a good year from one of those guys. So that's what I need to do. And I know there's a lot about, and we've seen it with the Patriots, and we talk about it in the NFL a lot, uh, and this is referencing sort of Chad Finn, what he was saying in the Globe today about winning the offseason. But it does kind of feel like, and maybe this is a loserville type of approach, but it does feel like, I agree, the Red Sox need to win the offseason just to reignite some excitement. And get guys on the field that can play and help the team win. But they need some buzz. They need some good buzz this offseason via some good signings. So it's the, it's the signings that would generate the buzz. I'm not saying sign somebody. I mean, you could generate good buzz by signing some circus. You know, I'm not, that's not what I mean. I mean, you got to have good signings, preferably some um, explosive signings that work out. I know not all, all the big explosive signings work out. Adrian Gonzalez, you know, Pod, uh, whatever his name was, Pablo Panda, Sandoval, whatever. Um, they don't all work out. But let's try to get one of those big-name signings to work out. That's what they need. They don't need a million guys. They don't need three big-name bats. Just give me one thumper and re-sign some of the guys you have. Tweak a few things. Maybe call up one of those big names you got or a promising young prospect. And we'll be right back there. But that that needs to happen for the Red Sox uh, this year, this offseason. Uh, Alex Cora spoke after the game. Let's hear from the manager. Oakland was good, too. Um, the mix of pitches, that's the most important thing, and throwing strikes. Um, he had him off balance. Um, used his off speed to protect the fastball. Threw some cutters in certain hitters' counts and, and did an outstanding job. I mean, velocity-wise, but the pitcher, the pitcher's characteristics are are good. You know, the spin rate and all that stuff. You know, like I, I keep saying, like Rich is, you know, for everything. Sometimes he complains about all the new stuff, whatever. He is kind of like the new era pitcher, right? You know, fastballs up with spin, great breaking ball. You see the efficiency of his pitches and and everything, and he can pitch. He can pitch, and uh, obviously the arm angles and the pace and the slide step and all that, that's part of the equation. But I think if you put the pitches one by one, they're really good, all of them. And uh, velocity is not 97, 98, but uh, just like a few guys in this league this year, you know, just changing speeds and using the fastball in certain spots, you know, you can dominate. And uh, today he did an outstanding job with that. Well, he's he's a good athlete, you know, and and he's in great shape. That's all I keep saying. Like he can pitch until whenever they decide is he's done, you know, uh, injury aside, right? And uh, he was able to bounce back from the injury quicker than probably others. And uh, his willingness to go out there and compete and not take one pitch for granted is what makes him special. Was there a point where he started? Seemed like early in the year it was you know, probably ninety percent fastballs and curveballs. 
and then you know he introduced the cutter and the change more. Was, was there a point where he expanded the pitch mix in your mind? Things started in Oakland. Um, he got hit hard a few times here. They hit him hard, right? Um, early on, it was a very difficult start for him, right? You know, with what happened with his family. And uh, was he, he had COVID at one point, probably? Yeah, he did, yeah. So it was, I, I don't even remember. What, I know I, I had COVID at one point. But uh, it was kind of like off in the beginning. And then he found his rhythm. That start in Oakland was a good one. And that's when the cutter started playing. And it, it's on and off, but then he gets hurt. So it's kind of like he has to go back to the fastball and curveball and all that. But you see the mix now. It's a, it's a good one. They're going to do that all the time. They're going to load up righties against him and, and go from there. And um, tonight was one of those good ones, you know, just we needed that too. We needed uh, 18 outs. We were a little bit short in the bullpen, and, um, you know, he um, was outstanding. Mm-hmm. Him, yeah, um, against Tampa. All right, so that was Alex Cora post game after the Red Sox three one win over the Orioles. Sox nine and nine versus the O's this season. As Rich Hill pitched a beauty tonight, um, but not enough of those this year for Boston, as they will once again. Um, well, I shouldn't say once again. They had a great run into the postseason last year, but this year, not so much. But the good news is we've seen this before from the Red Sox, you know? Bad year turns into what? Big year the next year. Yeah, I was going to say, like, the, some of the pieces you see, like, in these dog days could be, like, future assets for, like, net more championship runs, which is what I kind of see with a couple guys. Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's just funny how they operate. You know, they've had some bad years, some bad years, some devastating misses. And then they come back, and it's really good. Um, you know, 2020 was a bad year. They came back, and it was, you know, they ended up in the ALCS, two wins away from the World Series last year, right? They had that lead. They were up 2-1, I think, on Houston, um, similar to the Celtics. And that didn't, get, that didn't go uh, the way the Celtics wanted either. So, um, all right. So, Red Sox, they win tonight, 9-9. And or no, nine and nine, nine nine, nine and nine against the Orioles. Geez, can you tell them I'm ready to talk about the Patriots? Um, three well, to one was the final. Three to one was the final. Nine and nine versus the Orioles this year. Like I said, okay, um, we're gonna get into the Patriots. A lot to get to. A lot happening with that team right now. Bill Belichick spoke to the media today. Um, I miss going to those press conferences, man. Today. And what happened today really makes me miss being there and being a part of that beautiful thing that goes on every Wednesday or whenever they are at Gillette Stadium because Bill Belichick didn't say a whole lot about the Mac Jones injury, Joe. Didn't have a whole lot to say. What they're going to do is this, okay? This is what I got from what Bill Belichick had to say. They reviewed the injury today. Okay, this today they reviewed it. They talked about it. Doctors were involved. They looked at them. Treatment. And then what's going to happen is tomorrow, okay, they're going to do something similar than what they did today. Do I have that right? So he said, like, day to day. 
So I think he didn't that, just say it; he repeated it he about repeated a dozen times, about twelve times. So they're going to look at the inner injury today, okay? They did that, and then tomorrow they're going to look at it again, and then they're going to see based on what they saw today, what they see tomorrow, okay? And then they're going to reassess. So he'll compare what he saw today versus what he sees tomorrow. And then they're going to say, all right, this is the progress that's been made. And then we can go into, ready, the next day and then reevaluate what he sees on Friday based on what he saw on Thursday. And they'll continue to evaluate the injury in that regard. And it'll be every day. Okay, every day they're going to look at the injury. Can you believe that? So don't ask them for an update because they're going to do this every day. Okay? A good good description on what exactly day-to-day means. I just wanted, so that, I that's just, just precisely sure what it is. Everyone knows what day-to-day means. Just making sure, okay? So we all know what day-to-day means. Today and then tomorrow it happens again. I could tell you were confused. And then after that, it's going to happen again. And then they'll talk about it again the next day. And we'll see where we are come the weekend. Okay. Um, Listen, the game on Sunday. Lots of thoughts on the game on Sunday. Okay. I actually felt pretty good about that game on Sunday. Right up until Mac Jones got injured. Let's do this. Let's go to break. Let's get the break in. When we get back, I'm going to tell you exactly why I was optimistic after that game on Sunday, and what I think we learned and what I think we need to see going forward. I'm Mark Dondero. This is WEI Red Sox Review and WEI Late Night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Jones, too tall and picked off. Marcus Peters, 32nd career interception for Peters, and Jones is hurt. Injury to insult in this fourth quarter as their quarterback limps off. 
right, back here on WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Darnero with you. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Mac Jones and the Patriots lost to the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday. You know that. Um, But I'm going to tell you why I was encouraged by this performance. Okay? I personally, in regards to the Patriots and their defense, I didn't have high hopes for this season. Now, yes, I would have liked them to, to have played a little bit better against Lamar Jackson, who's a very good player, a very explosive player. Um, I thought early in that game that they were going to do that. They looked competent. They looked like they were making Jackson think out there, and he did not look comfortable. Obviously, the second half was a different story. But I didn't have overarching high expectations for this defense for this season, by and large. Um, honestly, I was just hoping they wouldn't be a disaster and they're not. So that's good. Uh, not really. So with that being said, the most important thing for the Patriots this year for me was Mac Jones. Okay. Mac Jones and Mac Jones's development. And I thought based on how he played and what he did and what he tried to do against the Baltimore Ravens, I understand the Ravens defense is heinous. Okay, they came into that into that game last in the league. I get it, but I think if Mac Jones is going to ever ascend to become the type of quarterback that he needs to be to bring the Patriots real, true success, he had to have a game like that. He has to have games like the one he had Sunday against Baltimore. Okay, you know why? Because in that game. Jones took out the driver, and he tried to let the big dog eat. That's what has to happen. That's what all these top elite quarterbacks can do, even some of the ones that aren't elite. Now, I understand that Mac Jones does not have the arsenal of weapons that Tua Tungavailoa has, but even Tua, we saw it last week, not last week, but the week before against, um, against Baltimore, He erupted for a big game. He was able to throw his team back into the game and bring them back for a historic win. Mac Jones, if he is ever going to become the type of quarterback that wins at the highest level in this NFL, okay, see that Kansas City-Buffalo playoff game from last year. You've got to have moments like that, where you throw it, where the defense knows you're throwing it, where you have to throw it to get back in the game, where you have to go down the field and get chunk plays, chunk yardage, because you're not going to be able to just dink and dunk all the way to a touchdown, or you have to score fast, and you have to go down the field. Mac Jones, if he's going to ever grow into that quarterback, because we all know he's not some prodigy, he's a very promising player, but we're not talking about, you know, you know, Josh Allen, Tim Tebow combination type stuff here where he was this super productive, all-everything all, all everything, uh, pro-type style quarterback with the college resume, Trevor Lawrence. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a promising young quarterback who had a good college career, didn't have a million starts, but a lot of success at the best team in the country, and he looked good as a, as a rookie. If Mac Jones who admittedly doesn't have the strongest arm, if he's ever going to become that type of quarterback that can bring you back, that can push the ball down the field, that can get chunk plays, make big explosive plays, he's got to have games like he had Sunday. He's got to throw some interceptions, 
some gunslinger type of interceptions that you don't like to see. But the thing is, I have faith that Mac Jones is going to clean up some of those bad decision type of things. I think he'll figure that out. You know, he's got a good head on his shoulders. Does it hurt him, though, that he's not going to be on the field to try and experience that kind of thing? immensely. That's the bad part. And we're going to get into that. You get hurt, though. That Because this is your second year. This is when you're supposed to pop. Now, it's bad enough he doesn't have a lot of elite weapons around him, but at least he showed some capability of being able to push the ball down the field. And if Kendrick Bourne, it wasn't Kendrick Bourne because he's never on the field. It was Nelson Aguilar. If he doesn't fumble there, who knows what happens in that game. And Jones, I'm not saying played well. I'm just saying he's going to have to have those type of moments to get to where we slash the Patriot fandom needs him to be. Yeah, one of those welcome to the league kind of Yeah, you cannot just hit wedge off the tee all your your whole career. Eventually, if you want to win the golf tournament, you have to hit driver. I get it. Like, wedge is it. But I was more, honestly, I was more encouraged by what I saw against the Ravens than what I saw against the Steelers a week before. I get that was a win. I know the defense played well, but I've seen the Patriots play that game. I've seen the Patriots win that 17-14 game against a mediocre at-best opponent. What did that get them? What has that gotten them? Also, I think Pittsburgh and Baltimore are two totally, completely different teams. They're totally different. I don't know how good either team is. I think I'd give the edge to Baltimore just because they got the better quarterback and they could probably figure out some offense. But I just I think Mac Jones and what he did in that game was overall what I'm looking to see. And I was positive. Now, obviously, he gets hurt, and that wipes away a lot of my positivity because now he's going to be on the shelf for a few a few weeks at least. I don't believe I'm not buying what Bill Belichick's selling. I think he's out at least a few weeks. And that's going to be problematic in terms of continuing to generate some momentum here. But that's the type of game Jones needs to have. He needs to go through those growing pains via trying to push the ball down the field and create explosive plays. He's not going to be, especially with the weapons he does or doesn't have. He has to have that game. He has to have those struggles. That's how you become that type of player. Because next time... He'll learn from some of the mistakes because I think that's what his big strengths is. And then he'll continue, hopefully, to throw the ball down the field. He had a couple throws. There was one throw in particular, I think it was to I think it was to Bourne right before the half that he threw a fastball. That was the type of throw I've been waiting his entire Patriots career to see. I mean, he stepped into that thing and fired it. No floaters, you know, no lollipop. That thing was a missile. And it was great seeing him being able to throw that. He's going to have those types of games. He has to have those types of games. If he wants to evolve into the type of passer that he's going to have to evolve into for the Patriots to have real success. Now, if he continues while he's doing this to throw three interceptions per game, well, then obviously the clock will run out. And it's like, all right, well, obviously he can't handle that type of play, that style of play. This guy's not as good as we thought. And we'll come to that conclusion down the road if we have to. Hopefully we don't have to. But he's going to have to have those types of games, and I was glad that he had success in in part throwing down the field. There were mistakes, but he had to have success 
and try to push the ball down the field, which he did. The game plan was Mac is going to try to win this game for us and push the ball down the field. And part of that was Lamar Jackson. But Mac had to, based on Lamar Jackson and his skill and his production, he had to try to find a way to match what Jackson was doing. Couldn't do it. He couldn't do it. He almost did, but he couldn't. But that's what I needed to see. I wanted to see him try, and he did. He had some success. He'll clean up the mistakes. Let's talk to Garrett in Cambridge about the Patriots from Sunday. What's up, Garrett? You know, you're talking. I agree with you, and I. But I think you're. There's something we're, we're missing here about Mac Jones and sort of the potential this guy has. And I, and I think we saw it in that two point conversion play that got called back because his knee went down. I don't. You know, we didn't. I'm not trying. Obviously, the comparisons with are, are always going to be there with Brady. But I think there's something about this kid. There's a lot of raw talent there, and I think he's got the ability to do a lot of things that Belichick wants to do. And I, and I saw that in that two-point conversion play. That's sort of that, you know, almost, I can't remember if it was an option or not, but we just sort of did that heads-up pitch play. Uh, I forget who tossed it to him. But I, I can't remember Brady doing something like that. Obviously, Brady had a lot of other, a lot of other ta- you know, a lot of other talents. But there's a lot there with this kid. And I, I know some people are already pulling the ripcord on him. I'm not there yet. I think this, you know, there's something special about this kid. All right, thanks for the call, Garrett. I'm not there yet either. I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. I, I, I certainly haven't shut the door. Something special. I'm still a Mac Jones guy. I still believe in him. You know, I never thought he was going to be. I, I always saw his ceiling as Matt Ryan. That's kind of how I viewed Mac Jones's ceiling. Um, you know, maybe a career year where he sniffs an MVP award if you give him some weapons. I didn't see him ever as like a Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. But, you know, I thought he could be a promising, certainly a franchise quarterback. There are so many things associated with Mac Jones we still don't know, though. Like, we still don't know. Yeah, if it's hard Bill- to evaluate him after only 21 pro games that he's played in his Oh, career. yeah, and we still don't. I'll give you one thing we don't know, okay? Did Belichick screw him? in his second year by putting these guys in charge of the offense, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. We don't know. Maybe not. Maybe he did. And the other thing we don't know, maybe the biggest thing, I'll tell you when we get back, is the biggest thing with Mac Jones we still don't know. I don't know if we'll find it out, but we don't know it yet, and it's the one thing that could change the game surrounding the Patriots' offense. That and, plus, I also want to get into... Why this weekend means something for the Patriots that isn't as positive surrounding Brian Hoyer, who's stepping in. So we'll get into that. This is Mark Dundaro on WEI Late Night. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. 
the MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.